Yeah, it's amplified worry. Yeah. Anybody else? Okay. Yeah, that's those are both right. Body's it's uh anxiety is body's natural response to stress, feelings of fear or apprehension about what's to come. So it does have to do more than just worry. It's about some considering something future or what could happen, you know, if you're driving, you're fearing an accident. If you're getting up in public and you're in front of a large audience, you're afraid what they think of you or if they dislike you or whether or not you're going to be approved of or rejected. Like I'm being rejected right now because some people are on their phone. I'm just kidding. Ah, just kidding. You're like, I'm just betting. I'm just betting. I want you to take notes. I'm being silly. So physical symptoms, what would they include if you've ever felt it? What did you feel? Yeah. Nauseous, yeah, asking that girl to the prom, oh man, I feel it right here, anybody ever, I'm coming around for just a second, Um, you know it's funny, we say like our heart is the seat of our emotions, but the Hebrew people taught that your bowels are the seat of your emotions, because where do you feel it when you feel those butterflies, you feel it right here or you feel it right here, man, you're like, oh god, I feel like it's just all of a sudden there. Uh, somebody else had a symptom. Tension headaches, lightheadedness. Absolutely, Mila. Uh, I can't eat. I can't eat. Yes, palpitations, heart palpitations. Anna. Oh, that can be the worst. That can be the worst. I was on TV for the first time, and literally sweat was dripping off my nose, and my dad was like, "Get it." Get it. Yeah, it grows. Ted. Heavy breathing. Yeah. Your body goes numb? You might have been you might have been gripping the wheel. She was white knuckling it. Yeah. Does anybody, while we're talking about it, is anybody like starting to feel like that way? Okay, good. I don't want anybody to feel that way. Was it Mike? Did you have something? Real, like, yeah. Restless leg syndrome. Yeah. Oh, I hate. Uh, yeah. The shivers. That was how I I got that when I right before I was about to ask Jason to marry me only, only I was like holding her hand really tight. So I was like, well, oh yeah, I was nervous. And sometimes you know we have to compare: is it nerves or is it anxiety? What's the difference? Sometimes it's it's one looks like the other, right? Sometimes I think that. Anxiety is nerves that we just pay attention to too much. And we're, we're giving too much focus to it. I'm going to explain a little bit more on that in a minute. But I, you're exactly right. Difficulty focus, gastrointestinal problems. Some, some people get like, they feel like they're, they're sitting on a knife. Hyperventilation, tiredness or, or weakness, trembling and chills, sweating, rapid heart rate, all those things we mentioned, nervousness. Restlessness, feelings of danger, panic, or dread. Um, some people have a fear of dying that comes out of nowhere. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And and you. Yeah. What? You get to. <laughs> I was so thinking she was gonna say Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Abraham, yes, I want. Do you think he's wearing a top hat in heaven? <laughs> you think he's wearing a top hat in heaven though? Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. That top hat is all the way at the top. <laughs> I love that. I love that too. I can't wait to. I get to be. Y'all going to tell everybody it's afraid to die. But you get to eat Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> you get to meet. Yeet. You get to yeet meet him. All right. Uh, so, anyways. So, first day at a new job can be a, when the heater goes off. Meeting anybody uh, that's been dating somebody for a long time or you've been married, you met your partner's family for the first time, and you were like, oh, man, I want her dad to like me. I want her stepdad to like me. I want her grandpa to like me. Has anybody ever been there? Meeting that family for the first time? Woo! Oh, yeah, so you don't worry about it because you're likable. Uh, giving a presentation we mentioned in front of a group, that's a time where we can feel the angst of anxiety at times, right? But we really, really we want to identify some of the triggers that cause that to happen. It doesn't mean that we just stay away from them, but we understand what Jesus is helping us to experience in our lives. And so anybody, this is a practical way of understanding is deep breathing. Think about this. The Holy Spirit breathed life into us, right? And the word for the Holy Spirit is pneuma. And pneuma in the Greek can actually mean wind or breath of God. In the Hebrew, it means ruach. And sometimes we just need to remember to breathe. Because we breathe, we're breathing, and, and that likeness of peace comes over us. It's an overwhelming sensation and feeling. My Apple Watch sometimes tells me to breathe. It'll be like, okay, you need five minutes of deep breathing. Usually it's when I'm pray, playing some video games. Like my, my heart rate, it could, it could tell it can tell my heart rate goes up because that guy's coming for me. You know, I'm like, you know, almost going to win Fortnite. No, I'd never almost win Fortnite. I'm not that good. But I, you get to a certain place and you're like, I just got to breathe in the Holy Spirit. I got to breathe in peace. I got to breathe out the, the pressures of life. I've got to breathe out those things that, are, that I'm fighting or struggling with and I'm focusing on in my mind. But I want you to go to Matthew chapter 6 if you can. In verse 28, if you got your Bibles on your phone or you got them in your hand, Matthew chapter 6, verse 28, and we're going to, I'm going to go ahead and have somebody read this. Anybody got it up already? Who wants to read? Margie, go ahead. That's good. And so some things that we don't really worry about that often here is clothing, right? 
I don't, I don't think I've ever worried about clothing unless you came down the slide at SeaWorld or someplace or Jaga Lake, and it was just, you know, you had to grab your shorts. But, but it, in our lives, we don't have to really worry. We're so blessed in America that we don't have to worry too much about having a change of clothes. But there's places in Africa where you literally recognize people based on their clothes because they only have one set of clothes. And they, they don't have a change of clothes. That's what they have. And uh, we don't realize all the things that we have here in America, right? There's, when the Bible's talking to this, it's talking to people that were really struggling. But, but it, it still applies to our life because it doesn't matter how much you have, you can still find something to worry about. It shows us that it's not a matter of how much we have, but a matter of a state of mind. It, the, it's, it's mind over matter, really. But I'm going to go back uh, to verse 25. Who's got verse 25? Marjorie's read really well. Taj, go ahead. So therefore, I say unto you, be not anxious for your life, what shall eat or what y'all shall drink, nor yet for your body and what you should put on. But is not the life more than the food and the body than the woman? Yeah, raiment is yeah, is a word for clothing. <laughs> you did good. Yeah, it's life is more than food and body more than clothing. See, don't worry about all that stuff. Don't be anxious. And in the in the scripture, I want you to know that the, the word in the in the Greek actually means this. It means to be anxious, to be troubled with cares, to care for, look out for a thing, to seek to promote one's interest to um, it means caring or also it means to take thought. Everybody say take thought. When you really think about it, anxiety is nothing more than the focus of your thoughts on a certain thing. When I'm focusing my thoughts on what I, what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen with my job, is are the people that I'm in front of going to like me? Is uh, there somebody behind me that's standing too close to me? You know, I mean, I've, I've felt the same way. I don't like it when people get too close to me. But when we really focus on what is it... Am, because a lot of us, if we're, we're really, really being vulnerable, it's who am I going to marry? Um, am I going to have, am I going to have enough, am I going to have kids before I'm 40? Am I going to have enough when I have my kids? Am I going to get a good job? Am I going to get my feet on the ground? Am I going to have, find my purpose? Those are things that can sometimes keep us up at night, right? When we're really being honest. Um, am I going to beat this addiction? Am I going to beat this struggle? Am I, am I going to keep making the same mistakes? Those are all things that we begin to worry about. We begin to take thought. How many know that you are the owner of your thoughts? Your mind is real estate in the spirit. And you are the landlord for the real estate that you're renting your mind out to. So, what are we renting our mind out to? Do you realize what you're leasing your mind to? Because if you release your mind and lease your mind to the enemy, he's going to play on your emotions. He's going to trump up these significant things that haven't happened yet. One gentleman said, worry is like paying on a debt that will never come due. You haven't got the, mil, the bill in the mail yet, but you're already starting to panic, you know, I don't have a, I don't have a, I, my car's going to break down. I don't want to go over there. I don't, I don't have a problem. Now, I believe everybody should have a rational sense of knowing what happens in life, okay? 
So here's the difference between planning and worrying. Planning means I'm concerned about what's going to happen and I make a plan. I have a strategy to combat what could happen. So in my and my wife's life, we have something called an emergency fund. So that emergency fund is that extra $500, extra $1,000 that we keep in the bank that we do not touch. And, and it takes some time to build that up. It could, take you, it could take you six months, it could take you a year, but you put aside $50 a month, and it starts adding up over time. And no car lasts forever, right? No tires last forever. You need those things. You might blow a tire in the winter. Having an extra emergency fund means, okay, I've got safety and security over here that if something happens, that I'm, I'm, I'm protected and I'm provided for, right? That's a whole, that's different. But some of us in our lives, we, don't, we can't get the emergency fund right away. Should we be worried about it? Because what will worry do for us? What can anxiety do for us if we're not where we can be? Yeah, we have a plan, but my plan's not happening, so I've got to learn to be patient before I can accomplish my plan. Yeah, patience. That's really where it's at. That's really the bottom line is that patience, man. i got to wait. And what do I do while I'm waiting? Because... I'm in the doctor's office. They told me that, I'm going to be honest with you. We're just, I'm going to tell you, JC had high red blood cell count that they found. They did a urine analysis, and, and they were, they just, she didn't feel bad. They were like, we think you have a, a track infection, but it didn't show up in the thing. So we want you to come back, and we're going to have to, you're going to, have to go through this procedure. And it was a very uncomfortable procedure. And JC's like, I think there's a, what if there's a problem with me? You know, like, what if, what if, you know, I've, I've got something seriously wrong with me. And I said, yeah, but what if you're good and we don't have to worry at all? We don't know anything. I'm like, let's not panic. Like, you know what? The doctors are just doing their due diligence. But I said, I know it's going to be okay because there's just as much chance that you're okay as there is that there's a chance that something's wrong. And she's like, but what are you going to do with Levi? I'm like, stop right there. Halt the brakes. You know what I mean? It's sometimes that's what we got to do. We got to hit our emergency brake in our mind. Because your mind has an emergency brake. And you got to say, you know what? I'm not thinking about this right now. I'm not going to allow this to entertain me, to entertain my thoughts, entertain my mind. And sometimes we need a, an honest distraction to carry us away, to, to consume our energy. And thank God, Jason, you want to tell them when you got the results back from that doctor's check? The red blood cells were high. They said she was fine. But all this time we could have spent consumed with the, with the distraction of frustration and is there something wrong and am I going to be okay? And you could get yourself into a panic. You could have more health complications from stress than anything else. There, there wasn't even anything wrong with me, but now there is because I've been so stressed for the last two weeks. And, and, and that's one of the things that in Western society we've got to, yeah, take every thought into captivity of Christ. We don't realize how much our thought life affects our physical life. Everybody wants to say there's a pill for that. There's a pill for that. There, look, there, there might be things that help us, but even more importantly than pills is how we spend our time thinking. It literally means take thought. So if you were to read the uh, King James Version, it says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewith shall we be clothed? The other versions say, 
therefore don't worry about these things or be anxious but there's there is a, a reality to therefore take no thought and which of you will with taking thought can add in verse luke chapter 12 verse 25 says which of you with taking thought or by being anxious can add to your stature one cubit how or let's say one foot who who by worrying feels bigger do you ever feel like if I worry, I can tackle that problem. I mean, the minute I worry about this, I'm like, yes, I can conquer the world. I feel on top of it all. No, we worry, and all of a sudden, we, we start doing this. Like, I, I can't. It's, it's so overwhelming, the pressures of life. I must go to bed. <laughs> like, like, instead of getting bigger, we start shrinking, you know? Oh, my God. I have to go to work it's so much. It's going to be terrible. It's gonna, the bills are due. You ever thought about that? When I worry about it, it makes my problem bigger and me smaller. I don't feel, I don't do anything by it. I don't accomplish anything by worrying. I, I get worse. I don't feel better. I'm not helping myself by worrying. Some people think that they're expressing love by worrying about someone. I'm serious. Like they're like they're like, are you home yet? It's I know you're 35, but did you get home? It's 11 o'clock. Mom, I'm at the movies. It's the midnight showing. It hasn't even started yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> like but but ser seriously and then their kids are irritated agitated at them because they're like you don't love me you don't trust me <laughs> worry does yeah go ahead <laughs> yeah <laughs> they got that wife on the rooftop thing going on. He says it's better to live on a rooftop than with a uh, contentious woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it moves you up a bracket, and you go from 20% tax to 32% income tax. Um, I know what you mean. And, and, and it is, the people in our lives are what matters the most. Uh, you know, I met a banker one time. He said, um, it's not the wealthy class, the, the elite, the upper class that's happiest. He said, it's not the poor that's the happiest. It's the middle class. And I thought about that. You think about, well, they're going to work. They're, they're, they're providing for their family so that there's food on the table. 
but they're not also worried about keeping up with somebody else or outdoing somebody else. And they're there for their family, but they're also, you know, they're loving it. And, and, and so I, I think that that's really is significant. Um, you know, work, it says work is, is something that we got to consider. I might do a message on work, but what the previous generation, they actually lived to work. Our generation works to live. It's a very different concept. But in the, in the Hebrew, a man's work is literally the same man, word for worship. When you're working, you are worshiping. You're literally going, you, you might not realize it, but you're, you're saying, God, with my talents, my potential, and my time, I'm glorifying you. And I'm doing what, I'm doing what I can. And that, you can have purpose driving a bus if you realize that the people on that bus are your mission field. You know, you can have, you can have purpose being a, door, a doorman if you realize that you're called to intercede for the people that live in that do, uh, facility. I mean, Jesus was a carpenter. He wasn't a lawyer. He was, all those lawyers are great. There's nothing wrong with being a doctor. But I'm just saying every field has a sense of purpose and destiny. And um, your destiny is not only connected to your work, but it is a form of worship. So I want to I get back to this really fast, though, that, that which of you by worrying or by taking thought of these things can add one cubit to your stature? We, we don't. We feel smaller, not bigger. Not able to tackle these comp- these these big things in our life. So then it said, we, which Margie read. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. So think about this. It's talking about a lily of the field. Lilies start as a seed, right? And in our minds, that's how these things start. They wait. The enemy throws a thought dart at you and says, "Oh my gosh, you got a side cramp." right? You're dying, right? But it starts out as, maybe I have pneumonia, or do, you, yeah, do, I, do I have bronchitis or something? And then the enemy's got you thinking you have full-fledged stage four cancer by, you know, in 10 minutes because you, you kept entertaining these ideas. And what was started as a seed starts to become a, a, a vine in our life that we've got to ax down. I'm going to I'm going to read the rest of this. Therefore, don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? After all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows what you need, all these things. But first, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Amen? That's the context. I want you to go to another scripture that I have. It's somewhere in Second Kings, I believe. I can't remember at the moment. It is in, this is going to be good, y'all. It's going to be real good. 2 Kings chapter 6. So we're going from Matthew 6 to 2 Kings chapter 6. And this is going to be good. The floating axe head. It says, the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan. And let every man take a beam from there, and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So they want to build houses, okay? They're saying we need to go get wood, we need timber, we're going to make a stick house, and we're going to build it right. So he answered, go. And one said, please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. 
They don't want to go alone because it might have been dangerous. They want the prophet with them, okay? So we went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees because you need to go to Lowe's before you can build the addition. The mother-in-law suite on your house, you got to get those, you know, two-by-fours. You better get some of those. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, and he answered, I'll go. So we went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Boom. Boom. Whoop. It's a good thing nobody was there, right? That sounds like a bad episode of Larry, Moe, and Curly, the Three Stooges. One where Moe is no Moe. <laughs> but as one was, that just came on the fly. But as one was cutting down, I'm kind of impressed with myself for that. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water, and he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. That wasn't mine. She wasn't ready. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So just in case you're unaware, the place where it fell, it flew off into a lake, basically. A lake, you call it uh, uh, an oasis, a swamp. It was some sort of place where, where the axe head went, fell down deep, right? And then, last master, for it was borrowed, it wasn't mine. Where did it fall? He showed him the place, so he cut off a stick and threw it in there. And suddenly, he made the iron float. Anybody know something about iron? It does not float. Like, wood floats, right? And something happened where the wood and the iron, the consistency of the wood, which floats, became the consistency of something that sinks. In our lives, we are weighted down with pressures of life that seem to sink us into a place where we feel like we are drowning when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel like the breath is taken out of us. But when God comes, when he gives us a word, when he inspires us, when he gives us hope, when he gives us his Bible, his, uh, suddenly something happens. And they said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and he took it. When the cares of life come, they want to weight us down. But God wants us to realize that the things that the world feels that we should be weighted down with, are nothing when we consider how big our God is. Suddenly those things that weight us down, they suddenly start floating up and off of us. <coughs> he was worried. He was really worried because it didn't belong to him. The thoughts that you think that are heavy on you don't belong to you. Those ideas that you're weighted down with, I'm not good enough, I'm not big enough, I'm not tall enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not strong enough, don't belong to you. They came from the enemy because God always gives you everything you need. And where you have a shortcoming, God is just looking for an opportunity to reveal how big he is in you and through you. All the things that you thought were so heavy on you, the cravings and temptations, the hurts, the pains, all of the things that the enemy wanted you to succumb to suddenly don't seem so big. God can make even the axe heads float. And that is how 
we put the axe to the angst of anxiety is by realizing how big our God is, how small our problems are, and realize that we're bigger because we're not focusing on them. We're not going to take thought about them, right? I'm telling you, you might be in a place right now, but one of the greatest things you need is patience to see it through and to envision yourself on the other side of your dilemma and realizing that you're better. That's one of the reasons why we keep putting up these, these ideas about a vision board. I was going to write some things on the board, but yes, vision boards are so great because I begin, I can see where I want to go. I can see it. it. It gives me something to work towards. Whenever I'm running a race and I'm, I'm, I'm going through, I'm running around, riding my bike around Glen Oak, but usually when I'm running more than anything, I see this tree and I'm like, if I just make it to that tree... If I just make it to that tree, I know. Look, look I, I, I've only been a quarter mile, all right? I'm not all the way around Glen Oak. And my house is just, like, it would be way faster for me to get home. But I got to make it to that tree. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, I got to the tree. If I just make it to that bench. If I just make it to that bench. Life is a bench. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's so good. I see the bench, and I'm not staying put. I'm not resting there. So if I just make it to the basketball court, and if I just, if I just make it to that car, I'm going to make it to that car. In our lives, we've got to benchmark, B-E-N-C-H. We've got to benchmark where we're going. And, and there's a bigger goal, but we've got to create smaller goals that are attainable goals so that we can work towards the big goals. I want to, one day, I want my dream house. I want my dream house so bad. But you know what I need before I get my dream house? I need a job. So my benchmark for this week, my benchmark for this week is I'm going to put in applications, right? And I'm going to be proud of myself by next Sunday because I put in 10 applications. And I put in five every day. I put in more than I even thought. I, I mean, benchmarking. I'm just going to, I just got to get those applications in. I just got to get to that job interview. If I just get to that job interview, if I just... Get to that first day of work on time, right? The, every day, we need to be concerned with today's issues. And then we plan for the future, but we concern ourselves for today. Because I can't pay the down payment on my dream house if I didn't go to work on time today. I mean, there's these little things that we do. And, and sometimes it even means delayed satisfaction, which means I want to go to Arby's for lunch, but I pack that that leftovers from three nights ago I'm gonna eat them yeah no two nights ago they were refrigerated hey you can eat it for at least seven days come on oh I don't know listen you gotta create benchmarks for yourself all right you need benchmarks I'll read you this quote because I love it so much um a day of worry is more exhausting than a day of work how many agree with that a day of worry is more exhausting than a day of work. It is so taxing. Sometimes, yeah, I just need to go put some. This is what uh, Dale Carnegie said. Dale Carnegie was one of the wealthiest men in America. He helped to create America, build America to what it is as a superpower. He said, if you can't sleep, then get up and do something instead of lying there worrying. It's the worry that gets you, not the lack of sleep. Dale Carnegie. Man, that hits me. He had all this 
all this money, all this power, all these businesses, and he, was, he could have been concerned every night. Stocks go up and down. Stocks fell 25 points today. Stocks fell 200 points today. You know, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I, I'll tell you what, if the stocks fall, when they, you watch them fall, buy in. That's the time to buy, you know. Get it while it's cheap. But, but there's, <laughs> some of us are living like anxiety girl. I'm able to just to worry about the, oh, wait, shoot, I said that wrong. Anxiety Girl says, I'm able to jump to the worst conclusions in a single bound. <laughs> okay, that's not where we want to be. We don't want to be Anxiety Girl. Her superpower stinks. Her superpower is not getting anything super done. Worry often gives a small thing a big shadow. Anybody seen that? You give a small thing a big shadow, it makes it look way bigger than it is. You make it look big when we begin to focus on it, when we take thought in it. We don't grow a foot. We don't add a cubit to our stature, as Jesus said. We, short, we shorten our, our opportunities. Worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow. It only saps today of its joy. That's so true, isn't it? If you treat every situation as life or death matter, you'll die a lot of times, said Dean Smith. And this, I want to I leave you with this one. Anxiety can feel as a huge as the big blue sea, but remember that the sea is made up of smaller waves. Set benchmarks for yourself. Tackle the small things. Get it done. Use every day. I, got, I, I, went, I went to lunch today. You know, maybe you're you're in a new diet plan because it's a new year, new you. You're you're you know. I went through. I went to lunch. I didn't have chocolate yet. Now I'm gonna make it to dinner with no chocolate yet. And that you're like, it's almost fourth meal, but I'm not eating chocolate. <laughs> right. So, anyways, I want to pray tonight. I'm gonna pray that we are able to take the axe and to the angst of anxiety and say, God's got big. God's got plans for me. I just got to take it one step at a time. I need to make some plans, but I got to realize that it's a lot of smaller plans that are important every day. If I can just tackle today, then I know tomorrow will take care of itself. If I can tackle today, tomorrow's, tomorrow's plans, you know, because tomorrow never comes, but today I've made progress. I'm going gonna, to pray. Father God, I thank you tonight that your plan, your purpose, your power is in this room, that you've given every one of us destiny. And I thank you, Father God, that you're giving us an awareness of the enemy's lies, that you're giving us the empowerment of the landlord to kick out the bad tenant who's come and he's trying to rob us. He isn't paying his dues, and he's leaving us with a stack of filthy garbage and filthy thoughts and stenchy ideas about ourselves, self-doubt, and consumed with what tomorrow, I won't get married, I won't have kids, I won't have my dream job, I, I won't be able to get that house, I won't be able to live burden-free. Lord, I bind the enemy, and Lord, I thank you for strategies from heaven that are attainable and realistic and smart, and Father God, that are uh, just realistic. I thank you that you give us hope in today. You help us to get through today to plan for the future, but to just concern myself with today and where I am right now so that it's not a mountain that's sitting on top of me. It's just a, it's a, it's the bite of an elephant that I'm taking one time at a time, one bite at a time. Father, I just ask you tonight that uh, you would heal 
people's hearts, that you would remove burdens, that you would set us up for success. In Jesus' name, everybody said.